You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nachumsegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to JM Sunday, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Matis Weingast, and today is April 2nd, 2017, the sixth day in the month of Nisan, 5777, which means one week from tomorrow is the first Seder of Pesach. For those in Israel, first and only Seder, and for those not in Israel, first of two very quickly upon us. And uh, it is decent outside today out of our studios, 41 degrees and sunny, 63 is the high, clear, dipping down to 44 tonight. And clear in Jerusalem right now, it's cloudy, 54 degrees, and the expected high is uh, 56 degrees with rain. And it's raining now, actually, from what we understand, and 45 degrees and cloudy tonight, and some rain. Dafyomi Baba Basra, Daf Ayin, 70. Hope you all had a great Shabbos and a great week. You can reach us here at matis at nachomsegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at nachomsegel.com, or go onto our Facebook page and like that page, JM Sunday, and you can comment there, or you can check us out on the app, NSN app. If you are listening any other way, you can check us out on the app also. Tell your friends about it. Coming up this morning at 7.30, Rabbi Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk, and at 8 o'clock, News from Israel with Hannah Julian. Right after Morning Chizuk at 7.35, we are going to be joined by Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg, who you may recall was interviewed by Nachum and myself a number of years ago when he came out with the book Morality for Muggles, a, uh, a Harry Potter-themed book. And just in time for Pesach, he has come out with the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah, a beautiful, beautiful Haggadah that is selling like crazy. It's something like in the top 30 books of uh, of all-time sales uh, right now on Amazon, top Haggadah, top Jewish book, and it is amazing. So we're going to be talking to him and find out, uh, we'll find out why he decided to do this and uh, the reaction around the world has been phenomenal, so we will uh, we'll be speaking with him, Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg, coming up at uh, 7.35 right after morning chizuk, and uh, we'll be playing music throughout. We'll start off with Daniel Waldman. Thanks for joining us, everyone, here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Shabbos Shabbos Lechi Venay Lechu Ki Mekoi Raberuchu Mai Roish Mikedem Nesichu Soif Mase Bemach Shuvut Chilu Likras Shabbos Lechi Venay Lechu My
Benny Friedman, Gardel Baz with Hashem Melech. Before that, David Schlusselberg, Eighth Day, Shlemmy Tausig, and Daniel Waldman opened up our song segment following Modani by Regish here on JM Sunday. Matis Wine Guest with you on the Nachum Siegel Network. Rabbi Goldwasser coming up in a few seconds. And then we'll follow that with an interview with uh, and discussion with Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg, his latest publication, the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah. It is very beautiful and very interesting. So we'll talk to him right now. It is uh, time for Morning Chizuk. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Lezech and Nishmas, Rav Zev, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Maseches Kedushin, Abai heard that Acha was coming to town. There was a certain demon that was in the base of Madrash. It was damaging. It was Mazik all who entered. Abai ordered that no one should extend to Acha hospitality. He would have to remain in the base of Madrash. So Acha came and nobody let him in. He had to spend the night in the base of Madrash. During that time, the shade appeared, the demon appeared as a serpent with seven heads. Immediately, Rab Acha was mispalel. He prayed and he fell to his knees. Each time that he fell to his knees out of subservience to Hashem, one head fell off from the serpent and died. The next day, he came to Abaye. He said to him, If a miracle had not occurred, you would have endangered my life. He understood that Abaye had wanted him to destroy the Mazik. The Marsha asks a very interesting question. How is it possible that Abaye allowed Rabacha to go into a Mokum Sakana, to a place of danger? The Gemara tells us in Mesecha Shabbos, Le'olam al-yamod adam ba-mokum sakana. A person should never stand in a place of danger by saying, a miracle is going to happen for me. Because it is quite possible that a miracle may not happen. If a miracle does happen, then it takes away from the merits in the schuyos that the individual has. The Maharsha gives a fascinating answer. Of course, Abai relied on the great righteousness, the tzidkus of Acha. However, the reason is, because of his great power of prayer and belief in Hashem, he would not be hurt, and he would be able to destroy the mazik. This is not called a miracle, because Hashem has enrooted in Teva, in the nature of our world, that when one prays sincerely with her heart, the tfilos, the prayers will be answered, and this is not considered to be a miracle. Believe it or not, you and I have that great power of prayer as well. May Hashem Yisbarach answer the prayers and the tfilos of all of Klau Yisrael. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Thank you so much, Rabbi Goldwasser. It is uh, 7.35 in the morning here on uh, JM Sunday. Matis Wine Guest with you. And uh, let's see what we have up here. Um, not sure we can. Let's see. Let's see how good this is here. 
La la la. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's 41 degrees outside, and uh, it is going up to a high of 63. What is that in the background? Mm, yeah, that's the Harry Potter theme, which is a great way of segueing into our guest this morning, Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg. His latest publication is the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah. Rabbi Rosenberg, welcome back to JM Sunday. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you this uh, this fine Nissan morning, one week away from uh, Pesach? I am awake, which is more <laughs> than I can say for most Sundays at this hour. Well, that is that is uh, true. I know you're getting ready uh, for Pesach, and your uh, your shul is getting ready. I'm sure the questions come in uh, fast and furious. Uh, are they coming in about Pesach questions or about uh, your Haggadah? Yes and yes. There's a famous Hasidic story that the Sgula, for being able to answer all of your Pesach questions, is by studying the halachos of Pesach. Not because then you'll know it, but that each halacha wants to be studied. And if you don't study it, it'll come up as a Shiloh. So if you don't want the Shiloh to come up, learn the halachos. Interesting. I did not ever hear of that one. That is a very good one to remember. Now, you are at the Congregation Eitz Chaim in Kew Gardens Hills, am I correct? Yes. And that is Dr. Mark's shul, right? Absolutely. He's the Gabbai Rishon. Yeah. Now, I know he, w- he was not in shul this past Shabbos because we know he was uh, away. Nachum had him on the radio on Friday, uh, touching in on his uh-huh. trip. So, He's up in Poland. So who took, who took over the Judies uh, this past Shabbos? Well, we mulled along with the other three Gabayim, <laughs> who are actually extremely competent, and uh, Baruch Hashem, everything went well, but we await Mark's return eagerly. Excellent. I'm sure he will come back with amazing stories also from his uh, from his trip. Uh, so about, uh, what was it, six years ago, you published the book Morality for Muggles, and yes, uh, I did. now after um, enduring, <laughs> I'm sure strange looks and questions and and whatnot, you have published the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah, which is a beautiful, beautiful Haggadah, very colorful, and uh, you have different aspects, which we'll talk about in here. Of course, it's a regular Haggadah with a regular text of uh, of the Haggadah, and, uh, and a decidedly Hogwarts theme. Now, one question to ask, when, when you first wrote Morality for Muggles, it was a time where the entire Harry Potter uh, you know, thing was, um, was, was big. The books are coming out, the movies and whatnot. It's now uh, almost a generation away from that, and uh, people are, um, are picking up the books anew, and a new generation is picking up. Do you find that the people who are going for, let's say, the Hogwarts Haggadah uh, are part of the original group, or you have new people also? So first let me say that since you mentioned the beauty, the aesthetic beauty of the Haggadah, that that's thanks to our wonderful uh, designer, Aviva Shur, in Eretz Yisrael, uh, who, did, who really shared the vision and did an amazing job. Beautiful. Uh, as to your question, I think that the, uh, the Haggadah is appealing to people who grew up with Harry Potter, to people who have discovered it since, because it's being discovered afresh 
every single day and every single year. My students are reading it even though they weren't born when it, uh, it came into existence. Um, and uh, it, it just it keeps on finding new audiences and new reasons for being purchased. It's, it's amazing. And this year, a new movie came out. A play is going on in London and coming to America. Uh, there were several publications on the Pottermore site, little, little books available in digital form. Um, there is so much going on that is Harry Potter that is fresh and new that it's... Uh, it's not. It's not at all stale. Now, did you want to primarily? Uh, I don't know if capitalize is the right word, but attract the uh, Potter fans to a Haggadah, or shed the Haggadah in a new light for Potter fans. Absolutely. And which Both of those are correct. Both. <laughs> Both of those are correct because this is, I, I, I like to say that this is the only book of sermons that will ever get read. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Essentially, there's an enormous amount of Torah in this Haggadah. It's a regular Haggadah, and it says many things that I would ordinarily say as a drasha, um, except it says them with a different type of a frame of reference in a way that can reach out to to reach so many people who are familiar with the language of Harry Potter. And that's what it's been about since the very beginning. It's been about taking advantage of a language which is shared by so many people. The Chafetz Chaim might have had Mishalim, where he talks about wagon drivers and horses, and the Midrash might talk about princesses and kings, and everybody talks in the language of their generation, whatever they think, whatever language they think will be understood. I was teaching yesterday a Haggadah Shir, like so many rabbis, and I came across a vort from a Magid of Vilna, who compared a question to a, a Balabas making a wedding and inviting poor people. We all use what is familiar to our listeners in order to be able to get across a lesson. And if you find something that so many people know and speak, such as the language of Harry Potter today, it's criminal not to take advantage of that to get across the lessons that you're teaching. The books say so many things that we're trying to teach our students all the time. How can we not? connect the dots with them. Right, absolutely. You have, for instance, here, I'm just uh, flipping through, and you have uh, Lo Al Yedei Malach, and you have a, an entire discussion about that. You have a discussion about Moshe and uh, holding his um, his staff and during the uh, the Makos, and then, of course, comparing that and dis- contrasting that People, to... People, when uh, they first hear about a Hogwarts Haggadah, they're thinking, oh, he's just uh, doing cutesy things. No, it's no. All a, it's all a gimmick. Right. The fact is that I, I, I really shy away from those types of things. I'm not just trying to take everything in the Haggadah and say, hey, you can, you know, you can make a, a magical version of it. What I'm trying to do is say that deep ideas about the human condition are, of course, in the Torah, and you can find them also in literature. When anybody who really understands the human condition writes something, they're going to be dealing with the essential questions of good and evil and freedom and slavery and relationships and parents and children and teachers and kids, and they're going to say worthwhile things. (laughs) Rev. Lichtenstein had a term, of course, he used classical forms of literature, not popular literature, Mm -hmm. 
But his term in, in, in one of his essays is reciprocal resonance, ways in which each of the things that you are learning can resonate from being juxtaposed to the other. I think that people who use this Haggadah will seriously understand things in both Jewish tradition and the Harry Potter books in a deeper way than they did before. Right. I'm not trying to rank one over the other. I'm just trying to show the ideas that both of them deal with. Right, exactly. And uh, as you said, you know, the, the popularity and, and writing versus popular literature, including popular literature, uh, it, it's very important because you know there's so many people, as you know, who come to the Pesach Seder. It's, it's the most celebrated, if you will, Jewish holiday of the year, more so than Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, I dare say. More people attend a, a Seder than go to shul and on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And they dread it. And, right, and, and they can dread it because it just means running into the same relatives and yeah. sleeping through <laughs> the same recitations that they don't understand. That's right. And the highlight of the night is whether the matzo ball will float in right. the soup. Right, well, that's... So <laughs> if you can find some way of livening it up, of getting a conversation started with kids about something more important than the latest episode of some television show, right. as important as that may be... Well, it depends. If it's mash, then you could always you do a mash agada, you know. Well, you, but you're <laughs> dating yourself when you say mash. That's true. Uh, That's today true. it's all Flash, it's all Supergirl, it's yeah, all yeah. superheroes and the legends of tomorrow. And That's true. I'm not trying to belittle those things, but let's believe those things and, and try and try at least for one night in the course of the year to get a conversation started on something important, even if it's dressed up in the guise of Harry Potter. Right, right exactly. One of the uh, things that you have in here, one of the elements, is that you have student voices. Uh, you have questions mm-hmm. that were asked. How did that come about, and why did you decide to include that in here? Well, it's not new, because in my first book, in Morality for Muggles, I also had a chapter of student writing, mm-hmm. because ever, for, for almost 20 years, I've been running Harry Potter evenings, Harry Potter clubs, uh, in SAR in my school, uh, which has given me great latitude, and I have um, asked kids to write about things like Harry Potter and Judaism, lessons of life I've learned from Harry Potter. And so this has been an educational enterprise from the very beginning, not just uh, some sort of a a kitsch or or, or a gimmick. And so in this particular time, I gave out a bunch of questions relating to the themes I knew that I was writing about. I gave them out to students in grades 5 through 8, and I got a wide variety of answers, some which were hilarious, some which were very honest, some which were extremely touching. And I selected a a group of those for each of the questions and put them in the Haggadah, of course, with asking the parents and and the students' permission. Um, And it adds something, because those in particular can be great conversation starters with kids at the Seder, because it's it's their own writing. Right, exactly. And that's what's amazing about it, because it adds that element, not just what you've had students answer in the past, but uh, and that have made it into the book. But you know, when you ask a question like, "What is the most difficult choice you have ever had to make?" Uh, and and that's in the section of Bechol Dor Vador, and you see some cute answers here. You know, to become a vegetarian or Israel versus Universal Studios. Uh, but that question coming up could lead to a discussion that would um, interest participants of the Seder for you know far more than you know some of the other 
some of the other elements of the Seder, frankly, as you mentioned. So uh, it was a great, uh, I think it was a great thing to uh, add in. And by their placement in the Haggadah, you see that they really do relate to the Haggadah and right. the commentary right there. Right. Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg is uh, my guest this morning. We're talking about the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah. Have you uh, heard anything from official Hogwarts people about your morality to muggles and uh, morality for muggles and uh, Hogwarts Haggadah? I have not. Um, and maybe a good thing. Channels, <laughs> maybe a good thing. <laughs> I understand that uh, it has come to the attention of people who are close to J.K. Rowling, mm. uh, to whom I owe the immense debt of both the pleasure that I've had reading, plus my ability to express myself by using her writing as a foil right. and to write commentary on it. Um, uh, but I, I understand that people close to her are aware of it. Um, she, from what I understand, doesn't look at these types of things um, I, uh, because uh, I don't think that legally she wants to uh, enter into that uh, thicket. Um, but at the same time, uh, I was very careful to make sure that legally it should not appear in any way that I'm trying to uh, represent her or the official enterprise of Harry Potter. Right. Um, while I owe it a tremendous debt, uh, it's clear that I'm trying to write commentary and and to use it as as, as a basis for that. Right, exactly. I've also heard from uh, many authors that they and and music people also they, that they don't like to um, look at other uh, things, read other things, listen to other music, because they're also afraid that at some point that may become part of their memory. And when they write something new, it could even be ten years later, uh, they'll write something based on uh, an element that they remembered from a previous work. They'll forget that they had read about it. Suddenly it'll appear, and everyone's going to say, "Oh my God, you you stole it from here!" And you know, and, and that whole thing comes right. about. It's a very That's very real common consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So that that. Does... But we have had a little bit of a weigh-in from uh, another celebrity. Yeah. Uh, when we hit number ten on the overall Amazon site, uh, so my son tweeted at that time that we're actually doing better than uh, Chelsea Clinton's uh, book. And he jokingly added, perhaps uh, she bought one for the uh, for her seder. Uh, and she actually tweeted back um, that she hasn't, uh, but she will. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. I did not know that she is, uh, you know, going to look at that. Uh, what about <laughs> what about one for the uh, current occupant of the White House? Do you think that the uh, the Kushners might have? Uh... Yeah, for their uh, you never know. You never know. Maybe it's uh, hard to know where things will go because my, my children have actually made such an amazing um, publicity campaign for me. I, I know nothing about doing that sort of thing. Yeah. And my children have engineered such an amazing campaign that the word of this Haggadah has gotten so far that I would never have dreamt that it could reach that far. We've, we've had uh, publicity here in Israel, in England. We have a store selling it in Australia. We have someone in New Zealand who wanted to know what to do. We have people around the United States. Um, it, it's, it's, it's remarkable. It's, a, um, it's available on Amazon. It's going to end up. I, I, right. There was an article in German. On the Haggadah, about the Haggadah? Yes. Wow. Well, you, first of all, you could send a couple over to Pennsylvania Avenue, you know, a gift there. They they might get it um, in time for Pesach. And uh, 
course, available on Amazon, so anybody can get it around the world. Our friend, we were talking about this before the interview, our friend Ilana Adler in Israel went from one place to another and was able to uh, get, what was it, 30 copies out there to people who are going to enjoy it for their Pesach uh, he, Seder. He just he told people he'd pick one up for them because they're friends, and it turned out that he had 30 friends. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has many more friends. He has many more. Um, about 30 who happen to want this, I got it. Right, Absolutely. Rabbi Rosenberg, I want to thank you so much for joining me this morning. Um, the the publication is the uh, the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah. I suggest everybody get a couple of copies of this for the Pesach Seder, and uh, it is just it's it's very uh, it's a fun read, and, and that's really the truth. It makes the it makes the the Haggadah and the whole process. Um, it, it will make the the whole process, I think, a lot more fun and exciting especially for people who are really familiar with Harry Potter. By the way, you don't have to be totally familiar with Harry Potter to enjoy this because uh, when you discuss you know, some of the topics in here, you mention Harry Potter, and obviously it makes sense to know about the whole, um, the whole uh, series and everything, but y- y- you don't have to. So I encourage people to pick up this Haggadah, even if they haven't read all the Harry Potter books. Well, I'd like to wish you, Matis, a... An enchanting seder, a spellbinding pesach, and, a, and to you and to Nachum and to Meir and to the whole team, a echad kasher v'sameach v'kasum. Thank you so much, and uh, the same to you. I know you have uh, a congregation to um, to take care of, and I'm sure you're going to be very very busy this week. But I wish you a chag kosher v'sameach, and uh, we'll we'll speak soon. Hopefully, uh, sooner than. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, thank you so much again. Have a great day. Okay. All right, take too. care. Thank Bye-bye you. Now. Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg, the unofficial Hogwarts Hagada. Uh he is uh he's amazing and, and this uh this volume is amazing. So I encourage everybody to get it. It's available on Amazon and you can uh you can order it and it'll be to you in time for Pesach. It is 7.53 in the morning, 7 minutes to the hour. We're going to be joined by Hannah Julian at 8 o'clock for the news from Israel. And uh, we'll sneak in a couple of uh, tunes here. How about, uh, I think we'll have time for two. Uh, Rabbi Michael Nadada and uh, maybe Shuki here on JM Sunday. Hine mato, hine mato vumanoi, sheves achim gam, gam yachad. Hine mato, hine mato vumanoi, sheves achim gam, gam yachad. Hine mato, hine mato vumanoi, Shavas Achim Gam Gam Yahan Yahan 
מגנימה טוב מנוי, שבס אחים גם קם
כך הרבה דברים קטנים שעוברים לי בחיים מציפים לי רגשות שלא הכרתי תוכניות שמתנמצות מחשבות וחלומות לא הכל הולך בדיוק כמו שרציתי with Hakol Milmala before that Anu Hashem Reb Michael Nadata with Hini Matov Unplugged 8.01 in the morning here on JM Sunday my name is Matas Weingast and it's the second day in the month of April sixth day in the month of Nisan Pesach is one week and one day away um, my thanks to the uh, people who are listening on the app and commenting on the app uh, I appreciate uh, thank you uh, cool dude uh, I know you made some requests. We'll try to get to them next week, as I mentioned. And you said uh, you'll listen to our other selections today. So thank you. And hopefully you're enjoying that. Uh, thank you, Nachum. Fascinating interview. Yeah, Rabbi Moshe Rosenberg is an amazing person. And uh, the Hogwarts, unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah is, uh, is very easy to discuss, if you will. It's, it's an amazing uh, volume. And uh, I encourage people to get it. Amazon.com. You can get it from there. Yoni tells us uh, that the Haggadah was advertising this past uh, Friday's Jerusalem Post. So uh, that is, uh, get, it's getting a lot of publicity all over the place. So we uh, thank Rabbi Rosenberg for putting out with that and uh, for putting that out. And uh, as he told us, uh, his uh, shul was able to get by this week with uh, without Dr. Mark. But uh, they look forward to his return very, very soon. Right now, it's time for our news from Israel. And Hannah Julian, Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at thejewishpress.com, joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Hannah Julian. Good morning, Matis. A 17-year-old terrorist is dead after stabbing three people in the old city of Jerusalem on, on the Sabbath. One of those victims was a border guard police officer. He was mildly injured. The other two victims were Orthodox Jews who were walking along the street near the Damascus Gate. 
uh, entrance inside the old city uh, that took place uh, over the Sabbath. And uh, the the attacker first uh, jumped the two uh, Orthodox Jews, and then he jumped the police officer. That was his mistake, because even though he was injured, the uh, cop opened fire to shoot at the attacker and then killed him. The terrorist, Ahmad Jazal, was a teenager from Shechem, and part of the reason Arab teens carry out these attacks has to do with the fact that uh, they know that once they attack somebody, whether they live or die, uh, their families will receive monthly salaries from the Palestinian Authority. Uh, they will become media stars themselves if they sacrifice themselves in that culture. And their families will then receive money from the government for life. The European Union uh, is among the governments who funds the Palestinian Authority. That money then is given over. Uh, they believe the money is, goes for infrastructure, but very often it ends up in the hands of families of terrorists, whether they're in prison or whether they're in the cemetery. So it's a real problem. In Haifa, hundreds of workers from the Haifa Chemicals Company blocked the Geha intersection on Route 4 this morning. This is not the first demonstration over the closure of the huge ammonia tank in Haifa Bay. That tank has become a major bone of contention between the city, the residents, and the company and its workers. Environmentalists and defense officials contend the tank is very dangerous. Terrorist Chief Hassan Nasrallah from the Iranian Bachelor's Group in Lebanon pointed out that he could fire a missile at it and kill hundreds of thousands of Israelis in the next war. And defense officials confirm the truth of that threat. Environmentalists say that even a leak, for any other reason, would do the same due to the poison gas that this tank holds. But the company's 1,500 employees are worried about their jobs just before Passover. They don't want the tank to be moved out of the bay. They're appealing to the prime minister to find some other way to deal with the situation. The IDF spent a week training in, the ma in a massive military exercise this past week. Ground forces were practicing their response to terrorist attacks on negative communities. Tanks and helicopters were also involved in the simulations. They were preparing for any assault by operatives from the Islamic State terrorist organization based in the Sinai Peninsula. They defended against simulated infiltrations and other terrorist attacks. The IDF has been stepping up its game in preparation for any possible terrorist event during Pesach. The IDF goes on high alert due to the increased risk of terrorist attacks during the holidays. There's also a high alert on the northern border for the same reason the uh, conflict going on in Syria has created an increased risk, especially in the Golan Heights. Speaking of the Golan Heights, as we turn now to the weather, people in the Golan Heights woke up to another snowstorm today. The Mount Hermon Ski Resort is covered in a blanket of snow. Elsewhere in the north, we had thunderstorms and rain, and Israelis saw that winter weather going all the way down to the central part of the country. On the other hand, in Jerusalem, it's about 60 degrees and 68 along the coast in Ashkelon, and in Beersheba, in the Negev, 
it's in the 70s. Elsewhere in the wow. northern Negev, it's, yeah, it's really gorgeous. <laughs> the flowers are out in the desert, and it's all green. The desert is not really a desert, especially at this time of year. Flowers and green all across the Negev. And in Elat, we're expecting it to reach past 80. Wow, I hope people, I hope people that are going uh, to Israel for Pesach might be able to get there a few days early and uh, really get a chance and enjoy to this. S- yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. amazing the dead sea is packed the hotels at the dead sea are absolutely packed and it the temperatures are expected to keep rising so if you're going there this week be aware that by wednesday the temperatures are expected to get even higher it's oh, going to be really hot wow. by wednesday so bring your bikinis <laughs> Bring your bikinis. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Uh, Enjoy the holiday. Hug some Thank you. Well, <laughs> it, it, we are going to be here. We're going to be here next Sunday. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting. So hopefully you can join us. I know you'll be very busy. Uh, yeah. but, uh, no, no promises. I will try. <laughs> well, well, we'll try to at least get some headlines and see what's going on in Israel uh, next week and, and an update on the weather. Uh, but thank you so much, Hannah Julian. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Have a great weekend, and if I don't talk to you, kosher and freilich and pesach, but I will try at least for headlines. Excellent. Thank you. (laughs) That's our news from Israel. Thanks, Hannah Julian. We'll see you hopefully next week right here on JM Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. And uh, it is uh, eight minutes after the hour right now. We'll go back to the music, and uh, great programming, of course, continues all day long here on the stream on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, NSN app. And, uh, and we, uh, you know, we're a part of it until 9 o'clock this morning. So let's see what we have. Uh, Yaakov Shweki here on JM Sunday. <laughs>
Magen David with the Shirat Hanar. Wrapping up today's show here on uh, JM Sunday, Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll be back next week right here. Don't forget, great program continues all day long on the stream. So keep it uh, tuned to that. And uh, my thanks to Rabbi uh, Moshe Rosenberg. Published the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah, a great addition to your Pesach Seder. Definitely go out and get order a copy from Amazon or go to your local Jewish bookstore and find out uh, if it's there and you can get it from there. Uh, and I guess that's about it for this morning. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday. Mm-hmm.